Hi, everybody. Welcome to Toddler Purgatory. I almost said toddler, like a toddler. Toddler. Hello. Hello. Like hey, toddler. How are you? Blair, I like how you yelled purgatory. The last purgatory was. Dig it, right? I did. I did. It. Anyway, hi. It's Molly and Blair. We're here on Toddler Purgatory. What's up? <laughs> What's up? What's up? <laughs> and the funny thing is, we sound exhausted because we are. We are one hundred percent. But it's so apropos because <laughs> today our topic is. In fact, mom burnout. That's me burning out. Is that you crashing and burning? Yeah. And we're specifically talking about mom burnout here today, but many single parents, caregivers, grandparents, anybody who gives so much of themselves and balances a lot in their lives, generally kids and or work and or this and or that, other things we have going on in our life. So many things. Could be experiencing burnout. So even though we call it mom burnout, it's really for all of you. Yeah. This really struck a note with us. Remember, like, around the holidays, we came out of that, and me and Blair looked like when the smoke <laughs> clears on The Walking Dead. Ah, ah, I was about to say when the zombies walk through. <laughs> and you don't know who survived because so much went down, and you just see the bodies of the zombies everywhere, and you're like, oh my God, who's going to come out? And inevitably, some really good-looking cast member come, you know, shuffling out with an arrow in their leg, but they didn't get ah. bit, you know? So they're still alive, but they're barely hanging on. Yeah, that's us. I feel better now that I feel better today. After the holidays, I was pretty on the edge, but yeah, I'm doing all right. How you doing? I'm good. Tired still. <laughs> we just came up with three day weekend too. So it's just like, yeah, after, you know, the holidays. and stuff. Yeah. Just a lot. Yeah. So there's like temporary moments of burnout. And then there's also the kind of burnout where it's like cumulative. It's like pandemic during the pandemic. That was burnout central. That was burnout all the time. Yeah, that was hard. That was really hard to sustain. Yeah. And the pandemic is still going on, of course, but it, we aren't in lockdown. Mm-hmm. So it's at least we don't, it's not quite as bad as it used to be, hopefully for most people. Also, most kids are back at school, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Author of the book, Mommy Burnout, her name is Cheryl Ziegler, and today talked to her. She didn't mess around. She was just like, this is what this book is. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> she cut to the chase. No flowery language in the title of that book. No, nothing. Mommy Burnout, how and why we get down on ourselves. So she's like, Mommy Burnout, open it, read it, figure it out. That's it. She knew who she was talking to. <laughs> she describes it as Mommy Burnout is the emotional and physical exhaustion that you feel from the chronic stress of parenting. Mm-hmm. It's feeling like you're over your kids sometimes. <laughs> Mm, what? <laughs> okay, Mrs. Ziegler, you are reading my mind. It's tough. And she says, no matter how much sleep you get, this really stood out to me, no matter how much sleep you get, you're always tired. Always. And you resent your kids sometimes, which is a tough mm. one. You feel a reduced sense of personal accomplishment. It's a fancy way of feeling like you're never doing a good job. Ugh. And everything. Yeah, that's what she's saying. Personal accomplishment. I mean, that's a big umbrella. Yeah, it is. You just can't get ahead. You can't get your footing. Mm-mm. And everything feels wrong. Mm-hmm. Like I was packing my kids' school lunch this morning. And listen, I'm good at packing school lunch. You are. Like I'm that like mom that packs a lunch and the other kids look at my kids' lunch and like, damn, your mom packs a damn good lunch. So is it like you're packing a good variety or it's different every day? Or is it more that you do those Instagram things like you make ladybugs out of uh, strawberries. I tried that and I was like, how'd it go? Know your limits, Brooks. <laughs> know your limits. Yeah. So it's more of like what I'm packing mm. and then like how I'm packing. So like they had raspberries and blackberries this morning with cut up tomatoes and 
cucumbers and then I bought them little like pretzel dogs. It's like little mini dogs wrapped in pretzels. And then I put, Molly, this is it. This is it. And then I bought little containers that I put ketchup in that have a little holder, (sighs) a little silicone top. So it's not hard for them to just peel it off. Then I put a tangerine and a little juice box. But you know what I said? I left one little container empty and I've been going a little nuts about why I didn't pack it. Why didn't I put popcorn in there? Why didn't I put some pretzels in there? Why, Blair? That sounds like a lot of pressure to put on yourself. It's too much, but yeah. I did it. This is where we are sometimes in our lives. It's tough, and it is. And I want to also highlight in the description the chronic stress of parenting. So you're right, Blair. That's like, chronic. that is a one perfect example of the pressure we put on ourselves for perfection. Yeah. Our expectations of ourselves are, I swear, are higher than anybody else's. So high. And my kids don't care. They're going to open that lunchbox and be like, she did it again. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to try and take that pressure off of ourselves and get ourselves out of this mommy burnout. And one thing, you know, that I learned in the research for this is that, you know, I kind of, I don't use these interchangeably. I don't say mommy burnout and depression in the same I don't think of it in the same way, Mm, mm -hmm. but I think that there are some... It does feel different. It feels different. There are also some through lines, though. Mm. So Ziegler says, there's always something else. You lose your motivation and your passion. Mommy burnout is not an extension of depression. You can be burned out, but not be depressed. And I think during the pandemic, or rather during lockdown, I should say, I definitely was burnt out. I was also sort of in a prolonged state of panic, (laughs) like of keeping my kid alive and that kind of thing. So I feel like that was really wearing on everything, emotional, mental, physical health. Mm -hmm. Then kind of came out of it once we started to feel like we could manage this thing, right? As much as we can. Mm -hmm. But then child psychiatrist Leslie Tarver, she's the medical director of the University of California Health Adolescent Intensive Outpatient and Adolescent Partial Hospitalization Programs. Yes. Big mouthful. Listen, let's welcome Dr. Tarver to the show. Just kidding. They're not here. (laughs) But says that it could be a precursor for depression. She says, if you find that your mood is persistently sad or irritable for at least two weeks, if you're sleeping and eating too much or too little, and you feel hopeless or worthless, you might be experiencing depression. Mm -hmm. If you have these symptoms, talk to your doctor and seek support from a therapist or mental health professional. And as we always say, Blair and I are not doctors, so we've occasionally played medical professionals on television. Only on TV. So please, if you're hearing things that stand out to you as possibly more than just general burnout, Always, always, always talk to your doctor or seek out some mental health. I've been there where the depression, mm-hmm. where that, like you said, like the, there's that through line of burnout. Mm-hmm. But what really just like touched on the nose for me was that you feel hopeless or worthless. And there's something about mommy burnout where the worthlessness isn't as heavy as it is, or is it even present as it is when you're depressed? Yeah. And also with, for me, this is all from my experience with burnout, like I can physically like power through, whereas with depression, I have nothing in the tank and it is a whole lot to just physically get myself up and to it. Yeah. Where I'm powering through in a whole different way. So I yeah. totally get that. Yeah. So in your experience, yes. the difference between when you're burnt out and when you're having depression or in a depressive episode mm-hmm. feel very different to you. Very different. Yeah. Again, I'm not a professional in any way, but it's interesting. It's almost like not surface versus whole body. That's not quite the comparison I'm looking to make, but like... Almost though. Yeah, I see where you're going. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Burnout is like, I could possibly do things to make this yes. better. Whereas with depression, 
you think there's nothing I can do to make this better. It's hopeless. Yeah. And you feel very like there's nothing. It's a vapid, vacant abyss of like, ugh. Yeah. In your experience, that's how it feels to you. Yeah. For sure. So again, that's Blair's experience. So if any of this is ringing true to you, please seek out help. We very much encourage that. So if you are listening to this and you're thinking, wait a minute, I think I'm just experiencing burnout here. Mm -hmm. So the psychiatrist, Dr. Tarver, says, here's some key symptoms of burnout. Number one, you're exhausted. (laughs) Check. (laughs) (laughs) Which is so funny because that's all me and Blair say to each other. We get on the program to make this podcast. How are you doing? Today, Blair Blair greeted me by saying, look at my face. Let me tell you, it ain't beat for the gods. It's not. It is beat up by life. Oh, man. She describes it as feeling so physically, emotionally, and mentally fatigued that you believe you have nothing left to give. But we're going to get it back today. Depersonalization, Mm. feeling unmotivated, cynical, detached, disconnected from others. Yeah. Lacking a sense of accomplishment, which is what we talked about earlier. Feeling unproductive and ineffective. Mm-hmm. This is a big one for me, too. As I look in the mirror some mornings and realize I haven't brushed my hair in three days, poor self-care. Mm-hmm. Being unable to do what's needed to preserve or improve oh, your own physical and emotional health. Here's a brief list of some other signs as well. Again, everybody's so different. So this is just, you know, this person's list. But it could look different for you because you're an individual with your own thing going on in life. But it might look like tiredness, poor sleep, trouble concentrating, mood changes. Oh, I thought that was just being a Leo. (laughs) Negative attitudes, feelings of isolation. That's a big one. Decreased productivity, y'all. And you might even have some physical symptoms like stomach ache, excuse me, chest tightness, check, or hair loss. I have a friend who Mm -hmm. experiences hair loss when she's super stressed out. Anyway, so those are some signs that you might be experiencing burnout. Yeah, it's tough. It's like... Not only does it look differently for people, but also I think we all have different thresholds. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that has nothing to do with like your strength, with your fortitude as a person, with whether or not you're a good mom, whether or not you're none of that. But I feel like it is about just, you know, sometimes in our lives and some people, you know, might be able to carry this burden better or worse at different times in your life. Like sometimes if I'm going in, like you said, if I'm going in and my tank's already empty, my burnout wick is real short. Real short. It's like the bottom of the candle where you're like trying to light it and it keeps like going out. Because it's expensive. Because <laughs> it's expensive. And you're like, this is a Votivo. This has to last me. I got this thing at Le Labo. You go light. Yes. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, I have nothing left. And the wick is like, I'm full of wax. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at the bottom, girl. Stop lighting me. Yes. It's so hard to get something when you have nothing. Yeah. And how can we be there for our kids? How can we be there for our kids? Well, and the thing too of it, Molly, is like, sometimes I wake up and as grateful as I am for the breath and the life and the, you know, the eyes to open to the day, I have that feeling of like, wow, I have to do it all over again today. Mm -hmm. A lot of the same things, right? And a lot of the times, as soon as I like open the door to my bedroom and my kids are standing there and they're both talking to me at the same time, it's like, I don't even get enough breaths in the morning before it starts. Yeah. (laughs) Did I send you that video I just saw? Where the woman is like, I think she's on a couch or something and she has a blanket over her and then the caption on it is something like (laughs) that feeling when you get up and you realize your kids got up before you so you have no time for yourself. And she's just like, no, no. And that's like wrestling with a blanket. And she's like, oh, God, it's so funny. And it's exactly what you're talking about. So true. It's like, 
Oh, man. And I know that I'm not going to get it back until I get back in bed. Yeah. Yep. This is it. And so not only do we have different levels of being able to handle what's hard based on personality, based on where you are in your life, based on your menstrual cycle, based on so many other things, but also some people have more help than other people, frankly. Yep. And it's like sometimes we live hours away from a family member. Sometimes... Our cash flow is restricted these days or always, and we just can't afford childcare. All this stuff. I mean, there's a million challenges Mm -hmm. that we come across every day that are keeping you from feeling rested and accomplished. It's a lot, and everybody's really different. So if any of these stood out to you, stick around. After the break, we're going to talk about some tips for dealing with burnout and what we can do to ask for help, what we can do to take care of ourselves. I'm not a good mom when I don't get enough sleep. There, I said it. There. Actually, no, I'm going to reframe that narrative. Forgive me. What I just said was not helpful. The way I'm going to reframe it is thusly. I am a better mom when I get enough sleep. Rather than saying what I'm not when I don't, I'm saying what I am when I do. Got it. We're keeping it positive. Yeah, there's no reason to kick ourselves for this stuff because everybody experiences burnout at some time, some more than others, some deeper than others. Yeah. And we've all been through the you-know-what ringer. Mm The last three years. So even if you're someone who's like, no, I feel pretty good most of the time after the last three years, you're like, help me. Help. (laughs) How do I get to Cancun? Cancun. (laughs) We're like dying of thirst in the desert. But instead of water, we just need to go on vacation. We just need them to put their shoes on. (laughs) (laughs) That too. That too. We'll be right back with some tips for dealing with burnout on Toddler Purgatory. Stick around. When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey everybody, we're back on Toddler Purgatory talking about mom and parent burnout. But let me tell you something, just giving a little shout out to the moms. I was telling Blair earlier that I read a statistic today that moms were four times more likely to have to have left their job during the pandemic because somebody had to take care of them kids. Somebody had to do it. Somebody had to do it. Four times more likely. It's, you know, that's kind of that old traditional thing though, right? Like, yeah. (laughs) You know, too, that goes, that ties right into that. And listen, there's always one person, no matter what the parenting situation is. Ready? There's always going to be that one person in the parenting situation who is going to carry the mental load of all the things. I don't think that it's possible that two people parenting 
both of them can carry the mental load. I don't think it's possible. Right. But one person will have to do that. And I think that that's why a lot of moms were like, I can't do this mental load thing and have a job. Yeah, that is definitely part of it. I can't mental load, do the things and do a job. Something's got to give. I get it. That mental load thing will leave you on the couch. But also, it is the fact that some people have one, two, three, four more kids. Bless you. All on separate Chromebooks. Remember that? When all the kids had a yes. separate thing, if their schools were even able to provide that. You remember? All on, in different classrooms. Both of us were like, every day during lockdown at some point, You both of us were like, thank God our kids aren't in school school. Yeah. How? They were just like preschool. Oh, just licking each other's eyeballs. <laughs> No, they were wearing masks. They were wearing masks, actually, now that I think about it. But yeah, oh man, it was rough. So this is the biggest thing, the tips that I read that not only stood out to me, but also felt like is a universal challenge for parents, particularly moms who are either home with the kids, breastfeeding, have their toddlers at home, even if their toddlers are at school for a little while and you're working, then they come home, whatever. Mm. It's number one for a reason. Stay connected. To other people. Yeah. Ziegler said, the author of Mommy Burnout says, we have to stop isolating ourselves and letting our relationships go. Self-care goes first and then your marriage and friendships. Wow. Okay. Geez. That can't. (laughs) Okay. That escalated quickly. But she said, stay connected. Stop overextending to your kids and start tending to your friends. (sighs) Yeah. How do you Without that guilt crawling in, or for me, sometimes it's again that mental load where I'm like, okay, let me do, not that my husband's incapable or that my kids aren't, they're at the age now where they're capable of things that they can do independently. They're doing a lot, yeah. But then there's that thing in me where I'm like, all right, if I prioritize dinner with my girls tonight, I got to make sure, list all the things. So worth it, though. So worth it. Like, and then take off the mental load crown when you walk out the door and leave it on the counter as much as you can. Yeah. I mean, I do. Definitely don't. (laughs) Doing that. I know. I can't remember if this made my final list, but one of the other things that one of these people, these experts said was, don't multitask, monotask. What I mean? Like, stop trying to do everything at once. Oh, the kids are napping, so I'm going to clean the house. I'm going to send some emails, blah, 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 blah. They're like, just lock it down. That was, I remember what it was from. It was from the University of California one. Monotask instead of multitask. Rather than berate yourself for not doing more, accept that you can't do everything. Resist the urge to multitask and allow yourself to be present in what you're doing in the moment, Blair. It says Blair. Oh, interesting. Be it spending time with your kids or catching up with a friend or colleague. Mm -hmm. They say sometimes even the pressure of trying to get exercise can make matters worse when it feels like just one more thing on the to-do list because then it makes people feel guilty for failing to meet another goal. Why do we do this to ourselves, y'all? Oh, it's uh, really annoying. I just yelled. I just yelled into the <laughs> mic. <laughs> I just shrieked. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. So reach out. But this is such a good takeaway. Stop overextending to your kids and start tending to your friends as much as you can. Baby steps, baby steps, baby steps. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you know how you can help support that? Ask for help. Leave. (laughs) Yeah, leave. Leave the house. And on your way out, say to your husband or your partner or a friend or the babysitter, hey, there's nuggies. There's chick chick nuggies in the freezer. Throw them in the oven. I don't know what temperature. Make sure they're warm. Bye. the box. 
Yeah, we the bucks. So they say, ask your partner for more help with household chores or parenting tasks. Tap your network of family and friends. If you can afford it, seek additional childcare resources. Trust me, I know that sometimes that's not always possible, but do your best. And then also, if you are a working parent, talk with your manager and coworkers about increased flexibility and strategies to manage your workload. Mm-hmm. It was the thing like my husband tells me about this, his friend who they, they used to rag on this dude because he had like, he wasn't that good looking, but he had a beautiful girlfriend. And they were like, how did you land her? And he's like, I asked. I asked like, her. Oh, right. I asked. Just ask. Yeah, if you don't ask, you don't know. This might also be true. This psychiatrist also points out for single parents, learn how to ask for help and learn how to receive the help. They say single moms, sometimes they feel like the spotlight is on them. Can they actually Mm -hmm. do this? You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can do this. Ask for help and receive it and do it guilt free. There's that word guilt again, y'all. There it is. Yeah. And it's also too that like receiving the help is sometimes really tough. Sometimes it's not even, you know, you know what it is for me? Again, this is just straight from Blair, tired Blair, is that there's this thing inside of me that says, not that I can do it better, but I just have a way of getting it done that it just like, it'll just happen. It's a control thing. There it is. I got under it. It's a control thing. Sorry. There it is. It's good. Talk it. Talk it. It, It'll get done because I'll be in control of it. (laughs) And also it'll get done the way that you, I want to get it. We all think that the way that we do it is the right way. Yeah. That's inevitable. Or the more efficient way. The more efficient way. Oh, the way we were brought up. Yeah. You know, the way that somebody makes garlic bread ah! and the way their partner makes garlic bread. The way that you make garlic bread is the right way. And the way that they do it is the way that they do it. Right? It's the way that they do it. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And I feel like the older my kids get, the more I've been like, I don't care. Go ahead. Just go ahead and do it. Do it the way that you need to do it. Do it the way you do it. How do you do it? Okay, cool, cool, cool. Let me see. Oh, yeah, that works too. Mm. I've had to because I don't have the capacity to have the control. The control is what is making me nuts. Yes. It's, you're driving yourself crazy. I'm driving myself crazy. Yep. I've been there. I do it. I'm in the car alone. I'm in one of those like little like uh, Fiat's alone. There's not even any, any seats. Yeah. Just one. The driver. It's me. Just controlling it all over town. Yep. Meanwhile, your kids are like, you left us at home. There's not enough room in that tiny car for your family. Why didn't you get a Toyota? I just, I just want to listen to my own Spotify list. <laughs> well, that's interesting because one of the things on the list as well is limit your choices. Mm. So we're all killing ourselves. And you and I t- talk about this. The Internet and the Googs, the Google, is a helpful and a curse. Like it's, what is that called? Blessing and a curse. Mm-hmm. Because it's like an infinite number of possibilities about things you're doing right, about things you're doing wrong, about other people doing it better. Oh, please. So they say, limit your choices. You want to do what's best for your kids. Sure, everybody does. So you research every school, every team, every teacher. What's happening is that more choices mean more stress. Mm-hmm. The sky's the limit, and that's not good for anybody. Mm-hmm. Limit your choices. Which is so funny because we didn't grow up that way. <laughs> no, we did not. What we got is what we got. You know where you went to school? At the place down the road. Yeah. Right where was convenient. That's where you went. You know what happens if you don't like your teacher? Too bad. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Things have changed a lot. Things have changed a lot. Hopefully, you'll get a better one next year. (laughs) I heard Miss Smith is a gem in fifth grade. You're going to have to put up with it until then. Yeah, yeah. Or at least that's what it felt to us as kids, right? Yeah. So, yeah, if you can, limit your choices. Try not to look at 100 different schools. Maybe look at three or four. Like if that's what what it, for example, what it comes down to. Everybody wants to do what's best for your kids, but you cannot make yourself crazy. And we all do it sometimes. We all do it. We all do it. No, the The other thing we all do, this just in, compare and despair. We get on social media. Oh, 
We see the family that has blowouts. <laughs> their children, their 10-year-old son has a blowout. Then I don't mean pooping out of his diaper. I mean... I was like, a <laughs> oh, yeah, that was a parenting term, but I meant your hair term. You know, when you blow out. Get a blowout? Oh, a blowout. Oh, okay, yes. okay, okay, okay. I was like, oh, wow. That was a terrible example if I did mean poop that comes out of the side of your diaper. I was like, what is in your news feed, dude? Why is, why is your 10-year-old having a blowout? <laughs> Although, hey, it happens to the best of us. So... Put yourself on a social media diet. Limit it. Just like limiting your choices. Yeah. Let's put some boundaries into our lives here. Limit it. Be mindful about what you do, including social media. Take the time you'd spend on social media and do something for yourself, especially if you're having... Now, this is a Molly Lloyd problem. I claim to have no time to do blank, but you know I'm scrolling on social media two hours a day. Oh, scene. Uh Uh-oh. Let me get into my whole thing. Why does social media for me as a mom in these moments, just as you were saying, why does it feel like when I scroll, it's like me time? Yeah. It's a false sense of me time. I agree. It's like, I need this time for myself. So like, I'm going to scroll and look at other people's families. And although I will say there's some social media accounts that we've talked about on this show before, Busy Toddler, Seed and so with some other good news movement. Oh God, good news movement. But the ones that are about like parenting are often quite helpful for me. Mm-hmm. Blair and I send each other mostly funny videos, but we also send each other parenting videos all the time. So obviously there's some good stuff. I think it is about limiting it. It is 100%. And especially realizing it in the moment. I'm trying to get better about that where I'm just like in that mode where I'm just like, oh, 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 you did? Oh, you booked that part? Oh, was it fun? Did you have a good time? Did you meet Spielberg? (laughs) And then I'm like, oh, maybe I need some water. Maybe I need to put my feet in the bathtub and cry. Couple carrots. (laughs) Yeah. And plug in your phone and shut it off. Yeah. 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 And it's really hard. We all know that, especially coming out of this, the, of lockdown in general, the isolation of the pandemic. They said social media addiction is has skyrocketed. So it's bad. But now you're experiencing burnout. So now it's time to churn and look at what might be contributing to it. And that's what we're doing. So mm-hmm. don't beat yourself mm-hmm. up. Everybody does it. Let's get control of it. Here's something. This is an interesting one. And I would say take it or leave it. <laughs> <laughs> It is, don't avoid intimacy with your partner. Bye. (laughs) Listen. Listen. Sometimes I need a little space between me and every other human being in my life. Uh, Don't touch me. However, if you're experiencing burnout, they say... One thing that might help is to not avoid intimacy with your partner. They say it's not just sex. It's about communication. Don't expect your husband to be your girlfriend or best friend. He is my best friend. But don't expect him or her to fulfill that role all the time. You also want to have the romantic aspect to your relationship, the intimate aspect. So here we are. We're asking for help. We're staying connected with our outside friend circles. And maybe that means that we can work on, because we're getting those needs met elsewhere, Yeah, we can work on the intimacy part with our partner because we probably do feel isolated from them because this just didn't. We're all experiencing isolation right now. Oh my gosh. And then also like just going back to, I really have a hard time being talked to at the same time. It's very, I can't process it. I get when your two children talk to you at the same time. Two children talking to me at the exact same time. It's so hard. And sometimes I look at my husband and he's just like, listen, I know I'm next. So we just constantly were in line. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We're like being talked to. And at the end of the day, it's so funny because it's something that we talk about often where we're just like, do you, and being interrupted, we're constantly being interrupted. It's like, <laughs> so I get it. 
making that time for each other. Yeah. Even if it's just, I don't know, sitting there and holding hands. I don't know. Looking at each other. We don't, no, you're absolutely right. They say make time to talk to each other, make eye contact. And I would add to that what you just said, which is make physical contact. Yeah, for sure. You know, even if it's not Wednesday and on your calendar for Wednesday is when you... Or the team. But even sitting and holding hands, that's absolutely true. My husband and I once read something which we tongue-in-cheek kind of started doing. We're like, okay. And then we realized that it worked and we need to get back to it, which is, have you heard of this? Hugging for 20 seconds. Like doing a maintaining a constant hug, literally like hugging and holding it for 20 seconds. Yes. I've heard of this. I've done it. I'm also like, get off of me. (laughs) So hot. Too hot. Nobody touch me. But that might work for you. I'm throwing that into the ring because me and David laughed about it. Then we did it. And 10 seconds into it, you feel awkward. And 15 seconds into it, you start to relax. And 20 seconds into it, you're like, oh, I just connected with my husband. Right. Totally. And they say you should do that anyway, right? When you like hug people that you love, that you want to connect with, that you should hug for more than 20 seconds. I don't know that I could hug for 20 seconds with anybody besides him or my son. (laughs) Not that I don't just give quick barn door hugs. I'm not like boom, boom, bye. (laughs) I give a nice hug. I call those Oprah hugs. (laughs) That's an Oprah. Bless you, Oprah. I know Oprah's probably listening. No offense, Oprah. Probably. We love you. Oprah, you're the queen. You're the queen, girl. But you do do those barn door hugs. Boom, boom, bye. Boom, boom, (laughs) bye. I'm not a barn door hugger. However, 20 seconds would make me feel real, real awkward. Yeah. I do appreciate, or actually I think it makes me giggle in a good way, people who give me a long hug and then they like start a conversation while you're hugging them. (laughs) They're like, oh, so good to see you. Oh, so good to see you too. We're still hugging. Oh, it's so good to see you. Oh, you got to make sure you send me that book recommendation. (laughs) Oh, which one are you talking about? Oh, the one where, and we're like just intimate. It's so... (laughs) But you can't let go because then you're the jerk. Don't be the jerk. Don't be the jerk. Don't you open that barnyard door. We'll be right back. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent with sometimes hilarious and always thought provoking experts and friends. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Welcome back to Tyler Purgatory, where we are talking about mom burnout. And I got to tell you, Molly, I was burnt 
out this morning. And I guess that little giggle fest got me good. My burnout is not as toasty. Nice. That's that connection. So that just goes to show you need a connection. You need to like connect with your friends. You need to like breathe in the flowers, blow out the birthday candles. <laughs> so Blair and I were talking about this. <laughs> this is something you can say to your kids or to yourself when you need them to take a deep breath. And it's in through the nose and out through the mouth. So you can say, sniff the flowers, sniff the flowers, <laughs> blow out the birthday candles. <sighs> and that's a deep breath because you want to sniff the beautiful flowers. You want to blow out the birthday candles. Maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, I think my son's going to kick me in the teeth if I tell him one more time <laughs> to smell the flowers, blow out the candles. But it helps me when I need to remind myself to take a deep breath. Yeah. But Blair, that's a really good point. That is what we're doing. We are trying to, hey, listen, listeners, Blair and I say it all the time. We're so grateful for this podcast for a million reasons. Yeah. And a big one is that me and Blair get to talk. That's it. Once or twice a week. What, like miles away. Miles and miles away from each other. 130 to be exact. But yeah, yeah, it might be more like 140. So what are we doing? We are staying connected. We're going to stop overextending to our kids and start tending to our friends as much as we can. We're going to reach out, get connected to our community. If your community has departed in the time that you had a baby and <laughs> breastfed, you might need to create a new one mm -hmm. or reconnect yourself with some people who you may have lost contact with that could really help you. We're asking for help. We're putting ourselves on a social media <laughs> limitations. Ugh. We're going to be a little more mindful about that because compare and despair can really get you down. Mm -hmm. Wait, you and I, the ones that we're talking about, like sometimes your mom community friends, they shift and change and that's okay. Yes. Yeah. I think we're talking about that on the pod. Yeah. And I think that that's like part of it too. Like don't put that pressure on yourself. And I guess like compare and despair too, is that like your relationships are going to change, especially in and amongst your mom friends. Yes. That you know, it all comes back around, you know, like, I don't know. It just, it all comes back around. You'll find it, seek it, connect to it. And if it's not working for you anymore, move on. Yeah. Move on. Move on. And it's no harm, no foul. I mean, there are great people out there with whom I connected with at one time and then they either moved or they, mm -hmm. to be honest with you, Blair, I don't know if you've had this experience, but also when people have another kid oh, yeah. or two more kids or something, I do feel like some, and I only have one kid, I do sometimes feel like... They are re-entering a part of parenthood that I, you don't know, haven't been in in a while. So I can't connect quite as much with them anymore. Of course I do, but they might be seeking out large family parents as well. Or they happen to find that they connect with them more because they're really just in it together. They're in the trenches at the same point together. Anyway, there's a million reasons why you might grow apart from some mom friends. So you might need to right. start something new, you know, like... Jump into another class. As moms, we just got to leave it all open. As parents, you got to leave so much space for change and be okay with yeah, it. Yeah, that's hard. Especially when we're all seeking control because so much in our life right now is out of control. Yeah, coming from the expert here of control. <laughs> Driving your tiny, tiny car of control. No room for anybody else in here. Whilst listening to Control by Janet Jackson. Listen. <laughs> You're in control. I'm in control. You're clutching it with your fingernails. Yeah, and if you can, try and set aside some me time. I wrote down in my notes and protect it with your life, JK, JK, but I am not really kidding. No, you're, you're right. Talk to your boss, talk to your manager, talk to your coworkers, talk to your partner if you have one, mm -hmm. and try to set some boundaries. Listen, from 4 p.m., the kids get home at 3.45, I will set them up with snacks, then I need you to 
stand there while they eat their snacks because I'm going to take a half an hour. I'm going to go for a walk with the dog. I'm going to listen to my pod mm-hmm. and listen to Toddler Purgatory, those two wackadoodles, those two, <laughs> those two cuckoo LaRue's. And I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that every day or whatever, whatever your thing is, you know? Mm-hmm. So try and just take care of yourself because yeah. also lots of people experience burnout, but also prioritizing your own mental health has a positive impact on the whole family. So you're not just doing it for you. Amen. Yeah, that's Dr. Tarver. Dr. Amen. Tarver. Oh, yes. So true. And it's just like being mindful. It is it, that guilt. Maybe that's one way to get whatever that word is, assuage the guilt or whatever. It's like, am I doing it for myself? Does it work? Yes. But I'm also doing it for my family. Yeah. I'm a better mom when I'm at 100% because then I can be there as close to 100% for my family as I can. 100,000%. Just get so buried. You get so buried and it's hard to like you know, you feel like you have to be your own hand to help you out. Sometimes you do. Then do that. Prioritize it, right? There it is. If you're in the quicksand, be your own hand to get yourself out. All I can think of is like Elastigirl, like in the quicksand, but her arm comes out <laughs> really wide and it comes down like a vine and she reaches up and grabs her own hand. Yeah, grabs her own hand. I mean, sometimes you got to do that. I mean, it makes sense. And calling for reinforcements. Yes, pull yourself out of the quicksand, but also it's more about recognizing that you're in quicksand. Yes. And being like, oh, ooh, uh-oh, okay, I'm in quicksand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would say to David, for instance, okay, it's 8.15. Ha, 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 9.15. Our son never goes down by 8. <laughs> it's blah, blah, blah. Even though we're super tired and we would normally just go to sleep right now, can we just check in? Let's hug for 20 seconds and then touch base about who can start dinner tomorrow because I need a couple minutes to walk the dog and yeah, have yeah. a minute. Yeah. yeah. Mindful. Or just this tap out. Friends. Sometimes I just tap out. I'll just be like, yo, I'm good. Are you okay? Because I have got to go to bed right now. Yeah. You're up, dude. And he'll look at me. He'll be like, no, but I see it in you. And please, <laughs> for the good of this entire family, take yourself to bed. Because Night-night. he knows, because you're married to Dr. Tarver. <laughs> so I'm married Bill to Dr. Tarver. Tarver. And he knows that prioritizing <laughs> your own mental health has a positive impact on the whole family. Yeah, yes, for sure. Boy, Toddler Purgatory listeners, we love you. Thank you for being here with us. We do. Yes. Thank and you. if thank you're you. experiencing burnout, have experienced it in the past, might be seeing it in the future. <laughs> you're not there yet, but you can see it from here. <laughs> Hopefully some of these tips will help you pull yourself out of the quicksand with a little help. Yes. Because you're going to ask for help. You're going to ask for reinforcements. Start prioritizing you. And you're not alone. Listen, Molly and I, we gave it all. This is us. We are expensive candles at the very bottom of that beautiful vessel. (laughs) I'm really more of a Target candle person. (laughs) You're a Target candle person, but on the inside, you a Layla Bow candle girl. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Because on the outside, I'm a Cozy Nights by Target. (laughs) I'm holding it right now in the camera to show Blair. Listen, Cozy Nights is at Target. Scented soy candle. It is so, it's Opal House. It's one of the Opal House. It's one. Beautiful. Oh, it's so good, y'all. It's what, 15 bucks, but it will last you 37 years and it (laughs) smells so good. All right. We love you, Target Purgatory. Target Purgatory. I just (laughs) called you Target Purgatory listeners. Burn out. I think I'm doing okay. I got nine hours of sleep last night. (laughs) Yes, girl. Maybe that's the problem. (laughs) I got six hours. Your buddy's like, what is is this? What is this? Well, you know what you do. You sleep for six hours and you get up at 3 a.m. You think about stuff off and on for the next three and a half hours until you get out of bed. It's okay. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right. We'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Take it easy.
feel like you're the martyr in your family, you're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Guilt Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts.